I'm in the book of Jude again, in these great positive messages from the Word of God. You know, the Bible's the Bible. You just got to let God speak. Whatever He wants to say, we let Him say it. He's free to talk to us. And this little book of the Bible is applicable to our day in the church, and it is describing a great day of apostasy. And so we looked at some similitudes this morning. These three things in verse 12, we call them traits of apostates, spots, clouds, and trees, and we looked at that this morning. We have, this evening we have two more, two more, so that means you'll have a, only two-thirds of the length of the message tonight is the first message this morning. Verse 13, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Mm. So there's not only a reservation that you can get forever in heaven, you can have another reservation. I don't want to book that one. I haven't booked that one. Mine's already booked. And you can't double book. So we're going to look at this tonight and ask the Lord to help us. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the 13th verse of the book of Jude. We pray it would be food for our soul and instruction for our lives. And a good warning as we walk down this road of life. In a world that continually falls away from the truth, this great falling away. We pray that you would help us, Lord. That you would teach us these things. Help us to spot these characteristics about us. Help us to see, Lord, how some of these things can creep into our own lives at unawares. And we'll thank you, Lord, for all that you do in our service tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So our fourth similitude, verse number 13, is a wave. It's not just any wave. It's a raging wave. Raging. I don't want to be on the ocean in a storm. I don't know that I want to be on the ocean when it's not a storm. Not way out there. Brother Gibson gave us good testimony of that. He threw up all the way to his toes. Amen, in St. Lucia. And it wasn't even raging waves of the sea. <laughs> Thought he'd be a good fisherman. He learned he wasn't a fisherman, is what he learned. <laughs> Thought it was wonderful for a while. That sea out there is wild. Uncontrollable. You can't control the sea. It's out of control. It's not under your control. It doesn't matter how big the ship is. Ask the Titanic. When the, when the sea is raging, you, you better get out of the way or go somewhere else because it's not going to be controlled. So the first thing I see about these apostates in this similitude is they are a raging wave of the sea. Raging. Raging, that is a word that is showing anger. That is a word that's showing, we'll see it tonight, no peace. Never at peace. You know, a, a peaceful... Everybody likes, you know, a, a, a peaceful body of water. This is not what we have. Here we have waves. 
Have you ever known somebody that always had to make waves? You ever heard that phrase? (laughs) Quit making waves. What does that mean? Quit disturbing the peace. (laughs) We, We want a smooth body of water. But these waves begin to rage and they're out of bounds and they're out of control and there's... There's no peace. They're, they're angry waves. Though the angry surges roll. The angry waves. The raging waves. It seems like the, this sea is mad. It's wanting to destroy. It's wanting to harm. These people that have left God, they are not content with the destruction in their own lives, they want to use their waves of their life to beat down on everybody else's life. Because if my life is not at peace, I sure don't want your life to be at peace. What a terrible way to live. Raging waves of the sea. So this tells me they have no peace. I think there are several things in the Bible that we could preach and, and probably never hear Enough message on, and I think peace is one of them. We, there is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. There's what this this society doesn't have any peace. It doesn't matter, amen, how much dope they smoke or make it legalized or whatever they want to do, cut their body parts or get their rights or get their money. Whatever they don't have peace. They do not know peace. They're always up and down like a wave. They may come down for a while, but they're going to go right back up. And the Lord's people shouldn't be that way. We should not be a raging wave of the sea. Now, I thought about that. Well, Lord, give me some examples of that. I was shocked at what I found, that people that were full of rage. Go to Second uh, Kings with me. I'll give you a few illustrations here of, with the Bible. People that got into a rage and Why? If you're always mad, there's something wrong with you. There's just something wrong with you. The churches of Macedonia were in great trial of affliction and in deep poverty, and they had abundance of joy. And it doesn't matter how bad it gets. We're supposed to be people of peace. Unless you're an apostate. An apostate never has peace. It doesn't matter. You, you could, if, you don't, if you don't know God, you can change churches 50 times and you're not going to find what you're looking for. And you, you, you can change spouses 12 times and you can change jobs 100 times and you can change habits and you can whatever you want to do. And until you get a relationship with God, you are not going to have peace. You're going to have waves. Because these, th- this generation has no peace. They are raging way. Can't you see that in society? Everybody's mad. Everybody's angry. It just, which side's angry at which? The black people are mad. The immigrants are mad. The white people are mad. The police are mad. The people that don't like the police are mad. The Democrats are mad. And the Republicans are mad. And the independents are mad. The tax, everybody's mad. You know what that is? That's called apostasy. Kids are mad at their parents. 
Parents are mad at the kids. Husbands and wives are mad at each other. Church people are mad at each other. Preachers are mad at the congregation. The congregation is mad at the preacher. The other people are mad at the deacons and deacons. You know what it is? It's called apostasy. It's called no peace. It's called raging waves. And if that raging wave is going on into your heart, you, you need to get to the Lord. Apostate, this apostate generation is affecting you. Your peace comes from the Prince of Peace. It comes from inside. It doesn't come from outside. That's why you can go into a communist country and find people that have more peace than you've got. That are saved. And they don't even have freedom. Because peace comes from Jesus. I've said it before here. Sam Jones went around the country. He's a Methodist preacher. He used to preach all over the country. He'd just get up and preach. Quit your meanness. Y'all are mean. You're mad about everything. You're not right with God. You say, who's mad here? I don't know. Look in the mirror. I don't know. I'm not mad. I take that back. I am mad. But I'm mad at the devil. You know, that's so strange. Guys, if you want to get angry, have some righteous anger. Get get mad at, at how the devil destroys people's lives. Get mad at sin. Get mad at your flesh. But we rarely get mad at ourselves. Because we're in love with ourselves too much. No, but boy, there's rage everywhere else. Well, here I find some people that got that, that got, went into rage. This is our generation. He said in St. Kings chapter 5, I like to give Bible illustrations because uh, you don't want to hear the personal illustrations. <laughs> I mean, let's just stick with the Bible illustrations. In St. Kings chapter 5, the Bible says this, Verse number 10, and Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. What a great message. Here is a leper that has no hope, and a message comes to him how he can be clean, how he can be made whole. You'd think he'd win. Woo-hoo, Brother Shock, and blew the whistle. Verse 11, but Naaman was wroth. And went away and said, behold, I thought. You know, when you usually have that in your head, no wonder you're so mad. Because you thought and it didn't work out the way you thought and so you rage about it. Well, maybe the way we think, we don't think right. That our plans aren't right. I thought, well, you thought wrong, Mr. Naaman. And guess what? God's thoughts are better. You thought you didn't have a clue how to cleanse yourself of leprosy. Get rid of your thoughts. What a blessing to come to God and say, Lord, I'm going to throw my thoughts out. Just tell me what to do. Behold, I thought. that's, That's the raging people right there. Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me. Okay, so he gets offended. Why didn't the preacher come see me? He sent me a messenger. He didn't even come see me. I didn't even rate a visit. This guy, this guy is captain of the host of the king of Syria. He is a great man. He is an, 
He's honorable man. He is a mighty man in valor, verse 1. This is a big shot guy. And you know what God says? I tell you what, I'm not even going to send my preacher out there. But you, you ought to be just thankful for the message. I thought he would come out to meet me. No, he didn't come out to meet you. And stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. And strike his hand over the place. He thought he thought he would have a charismatic show. Man, where's the show? All I get is a message. You know why get people get mad at God and mad in life? Because they're not content just to get God's message. They gotta have something else. The Bible says. Verse number 12, now now he starts giving his opinion. Are not abandoned far apart rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. Raging wave of the sea. Why is he angry? He did not like what the preacher told him to do. He thought he was too big to humble himself to that river that he was sent to in Jordan because it was too dirty. It was above him. He did not get his way of how he thought it should go. So he's mad. You know why you and I get mad? You know why we rage? Because it don't work out like we want it to. And when that happens, just say, okay, I look like an apostate. Because that's what they do. Uh, Second Chronicles chapter 16. Anybody got any happy bubbles tonight? <laughs> this is true. I mean, this is, this is preaching where we live. This is what we need. You probably don't need to hear a message to make you feel good. You probably need a message to help get rid of everything you're so mad about. Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse number 7. Well, here comes another preacher. Here's a good question. Why is it always when the preacher shows up, somebody goes in a rage? I'm just reading the Bible. Second Chronicles 16, 7. And at that time, Hananiah the seer came to Asa, king of Judah. By the way, Asa's a good king. He's, he's, really, he's a good man. But he messed up. The Bible says, The seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said unto him, Because thou hast relied on the king of Syria, and not relied on the Lord thy God, therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thine hand. Were not the Ethiopians and the Lumens a huge host with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thine hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of, the, of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein thou hast done foolishly. Therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars." Verse 10, then Asa was wroth with the seer and put him in a prison house for he was in a rage with him because of this thing. And Asa, watch it, watch it. This is what happens when you get mad. You don't just get mad at the preacher or the person that made you upset. The Bible said, and Asa oppressed some of the people at the same time. You know what I know about people that are in a rage? They don't just get mad at one person. Other people get oppressed because of their anger. Other people get hurt. How dare you say that to me? I'm the king. 
rage. We probably, we probably need more people, more preaching to make us mad. I mean, it looks like that's what's in the Bible. But you can't do that today because that, well, because you're living in a day of apostasy. How about Daniel chapter 3? Here's another rage. As you turn into Daniel chapter 3, you do remember the Bible says, Why do the heathen rage? That's what they're doing out there. Wine is a mocker, strong drink is what? Raging. Daniel chapter 3, the Bible tells us in verse number 12, There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar is in a rage. Why is he in a rage? Because he didn't get what he wanted. He wants everybody to bow down and everybody's not bowed down. You'd think he'd be satisfied with 99.997% of all the people bowing down. And those three wouldn't have bothered him that bad. But he's got to have his way 100% of the time. That ring a bell? Got to have it my way. You're not Frank Sinatra. It's God's way. It's not your way. And when you don't get your way, you can tell how wicked you are because you get mad about it when you don't get your way. And you know what God probably does? God probably keeps your way from you just to make you more mad because you're not right with God. I saw a preacher the other day. I'm thinking about bringing him here. He got preaching and somebody evidently got mad and he went... Well, he did. He said, back at you. <laughs> People just get mad. They don't, it's not what they want to hear. It's not, they don't get what they want. You know what that is? It's Nebuchadnezzar. That's apostasy. That's not Christianity. You know, you would think the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he walked on the face of the earth, that everything would have went his way, but it didn't. But he didn't rage against us. He came to save us. I hope you're not a raging wave of the sea. A raging wave of the sea has no peace, no peace. I'll give you one more since that's such a blessing. Go to Proverbs chapter 6. Where does that rage come from? Proverbs chapter 6, the Bible says to us in verse 34. Proverbs six thirty-four: For jealousy is the rage of a man. You know where a lot of the rage comes from? It comes from jealousy. You know why people are mad at others? Because they're jealous of them. That's what the book says. 
Maybe we could confess our sin of jealousy and we'll find more peace in our lives. God doesn't want you to be a raging wave of the sea. You know what the answer to that is? The Bible says this in Psalm 89.9, Thou rulest the raging of the sea. When the waves thereof arise, listen, thou stillest them. Luke 8, 24, and they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they ceased and there was a calm. When you'll let Jesus step on the boat of your life, he can say, peace be still at what's raging. The Lord treads on the waves of the sea. He's on top of the waves. He's mightier than the waves. Let him still your storm, man. And your storm, you know, may not be the storm of others in your life. It may be your own anger. I'm convinced some people haven't got through a prayer in years just because they're mad and they have unconfessed sin in their life. I believe probably our churches don't have revival because everybody's so mad. There can't be sweetness. There can't be peace there because there's too many people mad. Raging waves of the sea. Well, there's a different something else about these waves. Verse 13 says of Jude, raging waves of the sea foaming out their own shame. So they're not only raging, that means they have no peace, but they're foaming out their own shame. That means they have no purity. They foam out. Have you ever been down to the seashore or something when it's when, when the foam comes in? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I know Christian people don't go to the beach, we go to the coast, but if you've been to the coast, <laughs> if you've been to the coast, you've seen the foam come up. It's, it's nasty. There in Thessaloniki, I, so the GNC was so pretty. I mean, we, we could sit in a coffee shop and look across the GNC and, and see uh, uh, Mount Olympus on the other side. Wasn't no gods up there, but we could see the mountain there. And it was so beautiful. We'd watch the sunset and we'd preach to people. We'd have a good time passing tracks and witnessing for the Lord. And then we'd go right about sunset and we'd walk. They had this big boardwalk and you'd walk all the way down the city, you know. And uh, right there at the sea, I mean, it just dropped off and there was the sea. And we'd walk, you know, at night. And, and you'd look and, and you'd look. And when that, when that tide came in and that foam, I mean, there were dead rats. And it was the grossest stuff you ever saw in your life coming up on that. That was a beautiful picture until you looked at the foam. Tell you one thing, you wouldn't want to go swimming in that water. I'll never forget, I was down in Charleston, I was talking to a guy about, about the beach. He said, I tell you what, if you knew what was out there, you probably wouldn't want to get in that. The foaming out their own shame. There's all this impurity the Bible says their glory is in their shame. We live in a day where people glory in their wickedness. They glory in their, their filth. They're proud of it. They stick it on the internet. I'm talking about people who used to go to Independent Baptist Church and then they get on the internet and put their foam and their shame on the internet. Proud of it. Apostate. <laughs> 
apostasy, foaming out their own shame. It reminds me of the story. Remember in Mark chapter nine, this guy, the Lord, this this man comes to the Lord, and he's got this, he's got his boy with him, and the Bible says he's foaming. He's like a rabid dog. His boy foaming and he brings him to the Lord and he falls on the ground and wallows on the ground and foams he was devil possessed you know why people foam out their own shame because they're devil possessed the devil is in control of their life guys we, we, we all are guilty there's not a just man on the earth that doeth good and sinneth not we all have sin in our life but for you to be proud of your own wickedness there's something devilish about that foaming out their own shame look at Isaiah chapter 55 everything may look good at the sunset and the water uh-oh, here comes the foam at the bringing in of the tide. No purity, no peace. You got a pure heart tonight? What's, what's, what's floating in there? What's floating in your brain tonight? The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 57, Verse number 19, watch how these things have gone together that we're just preached on. Isaiah 57, verse 19, I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to him that is far off and to him that is near, saith the Lord, and I will heal him. But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. Now, watch it. Look how the absence of peace and the absence of purity are connected in the same two verses. You know what that tells me? When you don't have peace, it doesn't just stop there. It leads to a lack of purity in your life. You say, preacher, what does it matter if I, if, if I don't have the peace of the Lord and I don't have peace like I ought to have? And because it's going to lead to impurity in your life. Because when you, when you don't have peace, you're not satisfied, and then you start doing things to try to find peace except find it from God. He says they're like the wicked troubled sea. It can't rest. The waters cast up the mire and the dirt. A generation of no peace, a generation of no purity. And then I want to look back at our verse, Jude, verse 13. Raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars... To whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever? That little phrase, reserved the blackness of darkness forever. I would say it's also a generation of no faith. Because the people that have the blackness of darkness forever reserved for them are people that have no faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. They're not people of faith. That's why they go to hell. That's a verse about hell. That tells me these apostates that he's describing, they don't just have spots. They are spots. And he says these people right here, they have no faith and they have a reservation in hell. And we know that, look at James chapter 1, how that no faith is connected with these waves. James chapter 1, so these waves have no peace, they have no purity, and they have no faith. James chapter 1, the Bible says in verse number 6, 
But let him ask in faith nothing what? Wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. So he says in, in these two verses that a man that doesn't have faith, that's not trusting in God, he's like a wave of the sea. He is wavering. He doesn't have any stability or any foundation of faith in the Lord. He's just up and down. These people just can't trust God. We live in a generation that has no peace, has no purity, and has no faith. They, they, don't, they will not trust the Lord. Guys, we've got to, we have got to grow not only in the grace of the Lord, we've got to grow in faith. We've got to trust Him more. Oh, for grace to trust Him more. What do I need in the apostate generation? Well, you're going to need some faith because they don't have any. You're going to need some purity. They don't have any. And you need some peace. They don't have any. Let's get the last similitude back in the book of Jude, verse number 13. Not only waves, he says in verse 13. Raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame. Wandering stars. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. How I wonder what you, what are you? I'll tell you what you are. You can be one of about three things. You could be an angel. An angel is called a star in the Bible. All you have to read is the first three chapters of Revelation. You get that. An angel. Well, what do we read in verse 6 about angels? Jude verse 6. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved an everlasting chains under darkness and the judgment of the great day. That, that reads almost like verse 13, does it not? That's a wandering star. Left God's place and has everlasting chains reserved. The judgment of God waiting on them. He said, what's that got to do with our generation? I tell you what, what it has to do. We live in a day of apostasy where the devils of hell and the fallen spirits are very actively at work. Guys, this is just not a morality problem. This is a devil problem. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 4. I'll just read it in the Bible. Isn't it strange? As soon as somebody has a problem, the first thing we do is we try to reason out instead of stop and say, I wonder if this person is full of the devil. We don't do that. There's got to be another reason. No, they may be a wandering star. They may be that wandering star. You know what? That, that falling star. You know, that wandering star, it doesn't ever go up, it goes down. I don't know where they go when they fall, but, you know, you watched them go. It's like I've watched people. They were way up there with God in God's heaven. and That's the picture of apostasy. 1 Timothy chapter 4, the Bible tells this, this about our generation that we live in. He says, 1 Timothy 4, verse 1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, that's exactly where we live today, in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. There's your apostasy. Giving heed to what? Seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Guys, the devils are talking to the children. 
The devils are talking to people that are leaving God. It's the wandering stars to get you to wander and follow them and believe their deception. You say, well, I didn't see. I'm not talking about spooky stuff. I'm talking about the devil inside of people influencing you. (laughs) Well, I wish we had like some kind of Superman glasses or something, Brother Paul. We could say, oh, I see that devil in you. You But that's not the way it is. But I tell you what, if you're filled with the Spirit of God, there'll probably be something in you that says, you know, there's something not right right here. I told Brother Gibson that the other day. Some information was found out, and I, I told him years ago, I said, I have no idea what it is. There's something not right about this person. I have no clue. And, you know, then you start second-guessing yourself. Well, am I just being critical of somebody? But you know what? That's happened too many times in my life that when the Lord says there's something not right about that, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say, okay. Because we, we live in a world where there are devils in people. And this is not devils in people outside the church. This is devils in people inside the church. Inside your, You know why? Because they want to influence you. They want you to wander to the same place they're wandering. Wandering stars. God help us to be filled with the Holy Ghost so that we will not be led astray by a wandering star, an evil spirit. Well, men are also called stars in the Bible. He told Abraham God did that his seed would be as the stars of heaven. The dream that came to Joseph talked about his brothers and the stars bowing down to them, speaking of his brothers. Deuteronomy 1 talks about Israel as the stars. Daniel chapter 12 verse 3 said they that be wise, talking about the, the latter days, and those that many turn, that those that turn many to righteousness will be as the stars that shine. People can be stars. But if you follow a star that's wandering, you're going to go nowhere but down. I grieve as a pastor how people follow wandering stars. Find somebody's life that's filled with peace and purity and faith and the Holy Ghost and follow that. Don't follow a wandering star. They'll lead you to the same place they're headed. They've lost their way. The Bible said in Lamentations 4.14, they have wandered as, a, as blind men. When God uses the word wandering, the people, they don't know where they're going. That's the world we live in. Amos 4.8, so two or three cities wandered unto one city to drink water, but they were not satisfied. Yet have you not returned unto me, saith the Lord. Wanderers, they're thirsty, they're blind. They can't find what they're looking for. They never can. They're wanderers. They've lost their way. That's not the Christian life. That's the day of apostasy. What did, what did the Lord tell us about His children of Israel in the wilderness? Didn't He say they wandered in the wilderness? They wandered in the wilderness. They waste so much of their time. They waste so much of their lives. Because they rejected the plain paths of the Lord. They wouldn't believe the Lord. They doubted the Lord. They complained about the Lord. They wouldn't follow the leadership of the Lord. So many things. And so they just wound up wandering and wandering and going round and round in a circle when they could have gotten where God wanted them to go so fast, but they wanted to wander. 
prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. I've wandered far away from God. Now I'm coming home. We live in a day of wanderers. He said in 1 Timothy chapter 5, he said those, those women are busybodies. And this is the word he uses, wandering from house to house. Just trying to get in other people's business. You know, if you want to get in other people's business, you know what you are? You're a wanderer. They don't have to get quiet. I'm just, that's the other reference of wanderers in the Bible. Guys, if you have peace and if you have satisfaction, you don't have to worry about what everybody else's business is. Only a wanderer who has nothing else to do but try to get in other people's lives and business. That's not your job. But that's the day we live in. I wander over this house and see what your problem is. And I wander over this house and see what your problem is. Why would anybody want to do that? Just so we can all get in a big group and throw up our problems to each other? That's, that's not Christianity. That's not the pattern of the Holy Ghost. That's a pattern of a wanderer. We all have enough problems than having to wander to somebody else's life and try to hear about their problems. But that's the day we live in. Wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Well, angels are stars and men are stars, but you know what? I'll, I'll end on a positive note. I know another star. And he's not wandering. The book says this, I shall see him, (laughs) but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. He said, I, Jesus, will sit mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. We don't have to wander because we have a star that's always true north that never moves and never changes and will never fall hallelujah keep your eyes on the star wise men follow that star because it's not a wandering star wise men follow that star of the Lord Jesus Christ and they find a home and they find a king And they find what they never could find when they're wandering. People are looking everywhere in the world for help but Jesus. Waves. No peace. No purity. No faith. Stars just wandering here and there. Following others that are wandering. And eyes not fixed. On the Lord Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Have you wandered? Do you, are you, 
Can you see the prone to wonder in your heart? Can you feel it? We better get to the Lord.